Hello from the newsroom of the Financial Times in London. I'm Suzanne Blumson. The US Congress is now packed with a new generation of radical Democrats and impeachment is in the air. But are there sufficient grounds to take such an action against Donald Trump and would it be a wise move? Fred Studeman puts these questions to Ed Luce, the FT's US national editor. Ed, so it looks like the word impeachment is back on the agenda in Washington. I mean, it's being uttered more and more. People are even using it on the floor of the House of Representatives in Congress. But is this a real prospect that Donald Trump, the president, could be impeached? It's certainly a real prospect. I mean, there are divisions within the Democratic Party over the wisdom of going ahead The leadership under Nancy Pelosi is very reluctant to even use the word. I think they see it as premature before Robert Mueller, the special counsel's delivered his report. But the young intake, you know, elected in the midterm elections in the so-called blue wave last November are very, very gung-ho for impeachment. It's quite possible that Nancy Pelosi will bow to that popular force And impeachment itself isn't that hard to bring about. The Democrats have a majority in the House. All it takes is a simple majority vote to impeach Trump. That's the easy bit. The difficult bit would be convicting him in a trial in the Senate, which requires two thirds and Democrats have nowhere near two thirds of the Senate seats. So it would almost certainly not happen. Right. I just think what might help for particularly um, those listeners outside the US is just explain just very briefly, what exactly does impeachment involve? I mean, what does it mean? Where does it lead us? It's a term that the America's founding fathers, when they were drafting the Constitution, borrowed from English law. They define it in the Constitution as for treason, bribery or other high crimes and misdemeanors. So a president can be removed if he is perceived to be guilty of any of those crimes. It's purely a political judgment made by the Congress. First of all, the impeachment, which is just another word for indictment. You indict somebody for high crimes and misdemeanors, a president or a judge or a vice president for that matter. And then, as I say, you move to trial in the Senate. It's not a judicial process. It's a political determination and it's clearly, you know, a partisan one because it's almost inconceivable that a House or a Senate controlled by the same party as the president would vote to impeach the president. So this is a very, very high bar, two thirds in the Senate. The trial would be presided over by the Supreme Court Chief Justice, which gives it a little bit of a judicial flavour. But other than that, the Constitution specifies no detail about how the trial is to proceed. In other words, politicians can make up the rules as they go along. Right. So there's obviously lots to sort of fight about and row about. And I think that is reflected in three books that you've chosen to review and to analyse more deeply in an essay that you've written around the whole subject of impeachment. I mean, just... Walk us through just very briefly those various books. I gather that there's one that's arguing the case for, there's one that's arguing the case against, and there's one which deals more generally with the whole issue of impeachment. So the first book, The Case for Impeaching Donald Trump by Elizabeth Holtzman, is a very succinct case for impeachment proceedings should move ahead now. There is more than enough evidence, according to her, to impeach and convict Donald Trump. 
She speaks with some experience. She was on the House Judiciary Committee in the 1970s that voted for an impeachment of Richard Nixon. He didn't end up being impeached, as it turned out, because he resigned before the vote could be held. But she has sort of direct hands-on experience of drafting the law to impeach a president. And she believes that Donald Trump more than meets that test. Alan Dershowitz, who's a very well-known Harvard constitutional scholar, has written the exact opposite book, The Case Against Impeaching Donald Trump. He's caused himself a lot of damage to his social life because most of his social life are liberals and they don't want to talk to him anymore because he's committed the sin of saying Trump shouldn't be impeached. His retort is that, look, he was opposed to the impeachment of Bill Clinton in 1998. He was opposed to the Supreme Court's ruling in favor of George W. Bush in the 2000 election, the Florida recount, and therefore his consistency is plain for all to see. He's just applying it blindly to Trump and saying there are no grounds for impeaching him. He hasn't committed any provable high crimes that could justify an impeachment. I think of the three books, probably the most judicious, because it's neither the case for nor against, is by two other Harvard, very well-known, very highly respected Harvard constitutional scholars, Lawrence Tribe and Joshua Matz. And they weigh up the pros and cons of impeaching Donald Trump. And they come down pretty much with, well, let's wait and see. Let's wait and see what Robert Mueller comes up with. And, you know, here are the materials for you to make up your own mind. Do you get the sense going beyond the sort of very fine, perhaps sometimes legalistic arguments or certainly very considered arguments for or against that even if there were a case for impeachment, that it might I mean, you referenced Nancy Pelosi earlier on, but it might actually not be a wise thing to do, not just for party political reasons, but also for the health of American politics. I mean, I think in your essay, you make the point that the danger is that impeachment just becomes a sort of another tool of opposition with which to bash opponents. Yes, and a couple of those authors do talk about the criminalization of political differences, that you know impeachment shouldn't be seen as a first resort to oppose a president whose policies you dislike or whose manner and tone you dislike, as of course is very, very true of Donald Trump. Trump got elected in 2016 on a populist message that he was essentially you know, there for the people. Washington as a creature of the deep state of bureaucrats, of the military industrial complex and of professional politicians and experts who don't have the popular view in mind. And I think if Trump were removed by those people who he caricatures as the deep state, or at least impeached by them, that could actually rebound on the whole impeachment process and be described as an elitist coup. And Trump, you know, is a very adept politician at turning things around. So there is that objection to impeachment. But I think the larger objection is, look, America is a constitutional republic. It's also a democracy. And if Trump offends in some deep sense America's political identity, then the voters next year in November 2020 can remove him. That's the ultimate impeachment, the impeachment of the electorate. And I would, at this point, unless Robert Mueller comes up with some dramatic smoking gun, you know, that shows Trump, you know, taking direct orders from Vladimir Putin, I would suggest that is the wiser course of action for the longer term health of American democracy. And coming back to what you said earlier on in our conversation, what is the likely development then here? Because you've written a lot about the palpable anger and opposition towards the president 
Where does that go if it's not going to go down the track towards impeachment? Is it, you know, just waiting for next November 2020? Is that how you see it playing out? I think a lot of the energy is going to go into the Democratic presidential primary. And the Democratic Party is in a very radical state of mind that, you know, we're just not used to in the last generation. The word socialist is being thrown around, you know, by a party that used to be scared of owning the word liberal. There's a very, very new sort of radical tone in democratic politics. And I suspect a lot of that energy is going to go into the Democratic presidential primaries. But I should just double underline, you know, we have not seen Robert Mueller's final report. Depending on what it contains, it could change the weather. Thank you very much, Ed. Thank you. That was Fred Steederman, our books editor, and Ed Luce, our US national editor. We'll be back with another news feature on Sunday. In the meantime, if you're not already a subscriber and would like to discover more FT content, do take a look at our latest subscription offer at ft.com offer.